Yo, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Ryan with the Rack Chat Podcast brought to you by Bible Belt Bow Hunting. Um, man, it has been such a good week. I woke up this morning, made good breakfast, got some coffee. Uh, me and the fiance went to church this morning. It was a great service. Uh, I actually invited one of my buddies to church, and he said he enjoyed it and he loved it, and he'll be back. So that's a win. Uh, but I'm going to give a shout out to Bible Belt Bow Hunting on Facebook. Go like and share it up. You know, be a friend and tell a friend about your friends at Rack Chat Podcast. Uh, I did. I finally did it. I made a TikTok post. And so far, it's done really good. Yesterday, we went out shed hunting. And my buddy's little boy found him a little eight point or well, four, but it was an eight point shed. And he clinged to that thing. And wasn't letting it go. So we're happy for him. Um, but yeah, those are our socials for now. We're working on getting those up. But, uh, you know, I was reading over this little article that said that this dude found a 15-foot rattlesnake shed in his house. And I can go ahead and tell you that my co-host today, Mr. Travis Davis, probably feels the same way I do about that. Burn it to the ground. Burn the house. Burn it all. Just, just leave. Never come back. Can just condemn the whole area. Yeah, the, I right there. I'd be collecting insurance, and I, oh yeah, oh I'd be going to Home Depot and all the gas station, getting all the combustible fuels, and and I wouldn't even lie about it either. No, listen, I don't hate snakes. I don't have a problem seeing a snake. It's when I see a snake, look away, and then said snake is not where I seen it last. And if you're in my house, like it's just game on. You're gonna die. Sorry, like. <laughs> Yeah, I see. I like I said, I wouldn't even deny it. I would tell the insurance company no. be like, "Oh yeah, I burnt that down." And they're gonna be like, "Why? You would burn it down too." Yeah, if you've so. seen this thing, you would have too. Oh yeah, but let's kick it off with some things. Uh, you know, since I went shed hunting yesterday, and we found so much, we found a whole bunch of rubs. It was like this one little path of woods that we were walking through. It looked like every tree had a rub on it. Um. And then Gavin, he found the uh, the shed, a pretty good shed, man. He, he was finding bones and all this stuff out there. He found, I think, either a turkey or a goose breastplate, and he was clinging to them things like it was a dinosaur bone. That's what he kept calling them, dinosaur bones. Um, but what about you? You got you gotten out to do any type of postseason scouting or anything in the woods here lately? Not this last week or anything. I went out a uh, week before last. I had my daughter. I went back there just taking her and the dog, walking back through there. I looked a little, didn't see any sheds. That's what I said before this. Like, I've never really found much around here shed hunting-wise. I know a lot of guys, especially west of here and stuff, they find them like crazy. Like, there's this one guy I follow, big bow hunter dude. He drives down the side of the road and just gets out and sees them in a field and picks them up. Like, I think he gets more sheds from shed hunting than he does the deer he kills, and he kills a lot of deer, but um, no, I hadn't done much of it. I, I haven't had time. I'm trying to get everything ramped up for the mowing season, so yeah, shot my bow a little the other day, but that's about it. Well, I mean, that's good. As long as you're practicing, that's all that really matters. Um, but yeah, I was watching, I was reading an article earlier about keeping a pair of binoculars in the truck. That way you go through a field or something. And obviously, if you can get permission to go out there and get it, don't just get out of your truck and take off into a field. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, glass them up, 
you know, see on that, you know, it looks like a shed out there, glass it up, and then go knock on the neighbor's door and be like, hey, I was driving by, glassed up your field, found a shed, do you mind if I go out and get it? Because Lord knows I don't want anybody getting shot and saying, well, Ryan from Rack Chat told me I could just run out into a field and go get it. No, I didn't. Well, so, I mean, sooner or later, we're going to be that famous, so they're not going to have any option. They're going to know who we are. Everyone's going to know who we are. Hey, we made it to India. That's crazy to me. It, and it says yeah. greater than 1% is in, listening in a, India. So if you're listening from India, I, I appreciate you. We, we want to get you on here and hear about the bow hunting from India. We need to know what y'all are killing out there with bows in India. That'd be awesome. And I guarantee they're probably killing snakes out there. I mean, if you're killing snakes with a bow, then I, I need to see this. Dude, I would love to do that. Could you imagine? Listen, we, uh, we talked about this at work the other day because I was scrolling through YouTube on my lunch break. And I found something that is a new bucket list hunt for me is going to Florida and shooting alligators with a bow and shooting iguanas with a bow. Iguanas. Iguanas. They have become an invasive species in South Florida. I could see that because they've been doing the Burmese python hunts in the Everglades mm-hmm. for quite some time. Yeah. Um, what? Would you go down there and hunt a Burmese python? Uh, n- no, I, no, I'm, I've watched some of these guys do that. And I'm like, man, I just, I, I, I don't know if I could shoot it possibly. But when them guys run in there, like in the Everglades and just grab this thing by the tail and start yanking it out and it's mouth up. No, no, I, I, I'm good. Like, Mm-mm. I don't know. I, I don't see that happening, but yeah, I don't think I could just go and grab a Burmese Python. Like these guys do that. And I'm like. Look, more power to you. Like, I'm not, yeah. no. Mm-mm. It's like, I wouldn't stick my hand down into a, uh, everybody talks about noodling. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I couldn't stick my hand into a hole hoping it's going to be a catfish that bites my arm. Listen, I've done it once. I've done it. And it is, it's a thrill. But the only thing I'm thinking is, this is underwater. I have no idea what is in here. All I'm thinking snake. And that's not my worst is, Snapping turtle. I'm going to come back with no hand. That's that's what I'm scared of. I don't want to stick my hand down in a hole and a snapping turtle take my fingers off. Exactly. Like I, Most people are like, oh, well, the snapping turtles ain't in here, and that's why we keep the stick. And I'm like, yeah, you can have it. Like, I'm good. That's that's not my speed. Like, uh, Yeah, that's not me. There's a um, shout-out to uh, Hannah Barron on social media. She is a huge, like... Uh, I guess they call it arm fishing or noodling. Yeah. I've always known it as noodling. So she's she's sure. she's more of a man than me in that aspect. I'll, I'll say that much. So. Yeah, I'm not doing it. No. And she's awesome hunter and outdoors influencer. So man, I keep it up. Um, but like like you said, man, just uh, sticking your hand down in that and uh, no, nope. I don't care if you can put all the chain mail you want on me. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. So, but um, no, you talked about like, you never really find sheds or anything. That's what mm-hmm. I was trying to explain to Gavin yesterday with him being so young. It's so funny because when you're out shed hunting, it's like, and I had to explain it to him this way. I said, Gav, you remember when you lose your favorite toy and you can't find it anywhere and you're searching all through the house and you just can't find it? And then the moment you stop looking for it and you just quit worrying about it, that's when you find it. And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. 
go look for Blades of Grass and you'll find a show. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't see, like, some of these guys on social media, man, they're like walking through the woods and they walk out and they've got arm pile of full of sheds. And I'm like, dude, there's no way. Yeah I've, never, I've, yeah, I've never gotten that lucky. I found a, the craziest one I found, I found two of them before, is a turtle shell. And I found a pretty good-sized box turtle shell one time. Like, you know, a good friend of mine I grew up with um, lives in a golf course. And we were out just messing around the woods beside this golf course. Looking around, I looked down, I'm like, hey, it's, it's a turtle shell. Find it, took it home. Dad's like, this thing's pretty rad. I'm pretty sure it's still sitting on their mantle or something. And then I found another one one time by the river. It's just pretty rare to find it it's still in decent, intact shape. Yeah, not broken. Yeah. Um, oh man, I just had a good question I was going to ask you. I can't remember what the hell it was. Um, anyways, I'll move on. Uh, y'all got trail cams out on your property. Do y'all leave them out? No, we've, we've got one still out there. Um, I think my uncle went and pulled the majority of them. I'm, I'm looking at trying to get some different properties. A couple right now that I'm trying to look into. I talked to a buddy of mine today. It was the property I had last year that fell through. This guy lived in Polk County on like the edge of like the mountain where you go up towards Jack's River and it's back of this like new high-end subdivision. It's these huge, massive tracks. Like I think he owned like his plot, his house was owned and then like 15 acres on the side of this ridge. And I was mowing for him last year. I'm like, hey man, you, you care if I come in here and hunt? And he's like, well, let me make sure with the, the small H. I was like, I'm bow hunting. He's like, oh yeah, come on, do whatever. And then, like, right at, right before season started, I was going to tell him when I was coming, I was like, hey, I'm going to hang some cameras. He's like, hey, we're, we're selling the place. Like, I've gotten offered a stupid price. Like, you know, got to sell it. I'm like, God, man, like, this was what I was banking on. He sold it. And I was talking to him today, too. I went by there to process New York. I was like, who bought that? And he's like, oh, I got the guy's name, number, and stuff. I'm like, well, send me that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit him up and see what I can get there, you know, um, and just see a couple other places I'm looking into. Just to, and I'm gonna get in there and kind of throw some stuff up, see what's in there this summer, of course, and go from there. Yeah, I so said we went out and got the one uh, camera that I still had out yesterday, and stupid me got caught up with uh, shed hunting too much that I didn't even think about throwing the the chip into the computer and seeing what was on it. But um, no, I went out after or on my lunch break the other day. I was at school and I was like, All right, I got to get out of this this classroom. Mm-hmm. And because it's all online school, so I can do whatever I want. Like, you know, I want to take a lunch at nine o'clock. I can get up and go take lunch. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll do school till 11. And I'm going to go outside and there's a piece of woods. I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was walking around it. And, dude, there were so much signs, just rubs and old scrapes and and uh, poop everywhere. There's just tracks. And you could see where they're laying down. And every time I pull into the shop, man, there's like at least 20 does back there i'm like man i would love to hunt here and i started looking around on the um on my hunting app yeah it's all township owned there's a walking trail going through it all the way off to the right butts up to a neighborhood butts up to a park so that's the last thing i needed to do is you know start my hunting career up here with a three-year license suspension oh that's perfectly course i have a I wouldn't call him a friend, a guy I know or acquaintances or whatever who 
I won't go into details in his life, but he he messed up a couple of years ago with duck hunting in a place he wasn't supposed to, and yeah, got slapped with that good old uh, lost your license for a year or two over it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that either. But that piece you sent me, it it, it does look really good. And if you could finagle the city people into, I'm just bow hunting. I'm just I'm just helping. I'm I'm conservation hunting here. <laughs> like I'm trying to help you, help me, help you. Yeah, I'm trying, you know, those people over in the neighborhoods, they got gardens and stuff, man. I'm just trying yeah. to keep the deer off their off Population their control, you know. <laughs> it's just bow, man. I, you know, yeah. I, you know, I just tell whoever's going to walk around in the woods, wear orange. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, um, but yeah, I was, I really want to see what's on that trail camera because I want to see, because mm-hmm. um, in the early season in that area, I mean, they were all over the place. I thought that it would be a pretty good early season spot. So I'm thinking now that it's starting to get to the same temperatures and stuff if they're moving back there. Because I was also reading um, off season, like an off season mistake was. Um, no, this was not an off season mistake. Sorry, I'm reading my list wrong. Uh, just trying to get like a small isolated pond of like a water source or something for deer because they don't like being around, you know loud rushing water where there's more yeah. than just them around you know they don't want to be around the mountain lions or the bears or anything like that so yeah well see and that's crazy here at this like i've said my farm like the little farm we had and stuff like where we've got those small food plot and stuff there's a pond about 100 150 yards away that like it's right in front of like the, the house that's back there on the back side the guy owns the stuff and man, I've never seen deer go to that. And I'm tempted to hang a camera out there when it gets closer to season and see, because I've never seen a deer. I've never seen deer tracks. I've never seen any sign of deer at that pond. And I know that the only other real water source close to it is like way on the other side of this ridge on the other side of this guy's dairy farm. So I'm a little, I'm a little anxious or curious, I should say, as to like, where, where are they going? And I know these things move there's nothing but farmland pretty much where I'm at. So they've got access and there's little ponds on like every little piece, but it's way more spread out. So the deer that we're getting, I'm like, where are these things coming from? Dude, if but, I was you, I'd be putting that camera out and then later on in like the off, like like in summertime, mm-hmm. I'd start be putting uh, corn out there and mineral and stuff and just trying to bring mm-hmm. them into that area. Yeah. It's not, you know, you're not hunting it, so it's not pressured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that'd be prime real estate right there for you i got a topic real quick it just popped into my head is what are you what are your thoughts on like the predator control what are you gonna do any of that stuff like the coyote hunting or anything like that or trapping coyotes i know there's the trapping's different around here and there and everything else and the laws for that but uh i mean i talked to a guy yesterday about it he's getting into the whole trapping uh it's actually my buddy jason's brother um but i don't know man i'm not like i'm not i I guess i could get into the trapping um but i would much rather just you know go out sit see a coyote bust it and then that's kind of where i'm at yeah like that's where i would like to be um i know the guy the farmer that i we you know we went out and got the the uh, camera from from his house yesterday we were talking about it with him and he was like man whatever kind of nuisance animal you see a coyote a fox a mink whatever kill it he's like because i uh he's like i hate them they eat my crop he's like one year he lost 
more than he made on crop or something like that. He was wow. telling me, yeah, one night I went out there by myself. We were talking about it because he was like adamant. Like, if you see a coyote, you kill it. But then again, I have to go back and read my local laws like hmm. of like, can I kill a nuisance animal because it's a nuisance animal? Like, do I need a do I need a license for that? Do I need a trapper tag? Or well, you need a trapper tag if you're going to tra- uh, fur take. I don't know if you can trap it. What's the word I'm looking for? Trap it um, non-harmful, like a non-harmful trap, and like take it somewhere where it's not going to make a difference. Like yeah. at the I woods, think not Tennessee. I think Tennessee's. It's, I'm not. And I may butcher this, and if someone you know comes from my head here, I'm not a trapper. I know if you guys did. I'm pretty sure Tennessee's laws. It's got to be smooth jawed when you're doing it, and I think coyotes are the only thing that you can trap year-round there's an actual trapping season for everything else let me let me uh google this right quick but uh yeah i mean he was talking about he he was trapping he got a a coyote two foxes and the neighbor's cat twice <laughs> that's, that's about what he accurate, said. Yeah. yeah he said what'd you do with the neighbor's cat he's like i just let it go he's like i don't think it was like a clamp trap i think he Probably yeah. put like one of the like a I know no, sorry he didn't get uh, foxes he got raccoons so he put he put a coon trap out I don't know what he did how he got the coyote but he said when he put the trap out um, you know he got it he got a couple things off of it and then he pulled the trap up and he said that hole that it was in dude he said the freaking um, wildlife just ate that hole up. Um, I was like, man, how in the world would you go about trapping a coyote? There, there's a guy I worked with for a while, and this man, he's one of them just sportsman killer, like just madman with it. Like I should say, like, and he, I asked him one time, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about getting in some trapping a little bit. Like, what do you think? This dude, like, starts pulling traps out of his desk drawer and like i was there for 45 minutes learning stuff that like i I forgot more than i learned in that 45 minutes to be honest and dude's just brilliant with it um he's caught probably thousands of coyotes and stuff like he had a really cool one a few years ago solid black coyote um pretty wicked looking um caught a few foxes and stuff like that but he's big which he's big on scent control with deer hunting he's like it's it's a whole different ball game He's like, you got to make sure the rubber boots, no scent on them, rubber gloves. You've got to set the trap the right way. He's like, you can't have any scent. You can't go when it's been raining. The soil is real wet. If you take dry soil in there and it comes in soon, then it's going to see the different soil. It's going to be, you know, a little suspicious of that area. They're they're not dumb. Like, they're they're not. And the guy I work with, he's a big, he's big at a coyote hunting. Like, he's, he don't hunt anything else. He may go deer hunting, like, once to try to kill one, but he is die hard and it's got the big call systems and everything else and he kills a lot of coyotes which is good and like he has people calling him now like hey i've got a bunch of my property you come get them yeah i'll be there um and i've he's been on me a couple times like man you should go with me i'm like i need to but at the same time i need another hobby like i need another hole in the head so yeah see uh this here says in pennsylvania it says uh there's no closed season and it's unlimited outside any Big game season, deer, bear, elk, or turkey. Coyotes can be taken with a hunting license or fur taker license without wearing orange. During any big game season, coyotes may be taken while lawfully hunting big game 
or with a fur tur- fur, fur taker license. So it sounds like to me, if you have, as long as you have a license, you can kill. Yeah. Um, and it says outside of any big game season, it's lawful. So I guess I can go out and start busting coyotes. That's what it's saying. That's what it's saying. So, so that's, hey, there's just practice. There's practice for deer season. You can start shooting coyotes with a bow. Dude, that'd be freaking awesome. <laughs> we were talking before pre-show. Uh, no, that wasn't pre-show. It was on the show. Uh, the India hunt, going out. Yeah. Could you imagine going out to India and like, they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to be hunting king cobras today. Yeah, I man, I'm I'm ignorant to what wildlife they even have out there. Like, I mean, it's like I I told you the other day through text message and stuff. Like, there's a broad broadhead company. I think it's Ox Cuts or something like that. Ox Blades, dudes from I heard him on a podcast actually. Dudes from Australia and just hearing like the bow hunting in Australia is crazy. Like these guys will go out like in the outback, like Northern Territory, Australia, and hunt wild pigs and are bow hunting them, spot and stalk and these things. And I'm like, my God. And just hear, hearing him tell it. But it was really weird because the guy asked him, like, what's the, you know, hunting like over there? And to, he said it's really odd because deer in Australia are considered a nuisance animal. And there's no season. There's no season on any other animals. Like, if technically, if you wanted to, you could just go any time of the year and kill animals how you want. But he said it's also hunting is not a like esteemed thing like it is here in like New Zealand's what he said, you know, it's not a part of their culture. It's somewhat looked down upon. Mm-hmm. And it's, he said it's a little bit of an issue there in like certain areas of the country and stuff or the, you know, calling and stuff will be like shameful for it and stuff like that. And he's, that's one reason why he loves coming over here to hunt and like the trips he takes to New Zealand and stuff like that. But man, it's like I would love to go over there and just just see like the culture behind all of it. Like I'm big on that. The same as I am, like, as big as our country is, and like different parts and like the the different styles of hunting everyone has. And I think we're it's kind of cool for us in a sense to where if we go out in the woods and hunt, like the predators, quote unquote, that you want to see are like bobcats, coyotes, stuff like that that are more than likely going to run if they see versus these guys in the West who've got like grizzlies, mountain lions, and now like reintroducing like wolves and stuff into the area. So it's, you know, you're you're not the top of the food chain out there. No. So we've got a little bit of an advantage here. We go in the wood, we're still the alpha. Like out versus out there, it's like, okay, I, I could be hunted as well. Oh yeah, like I to be out there, man, like you walk out there and you think, okay, yeah, I, I'm in control here because I have the gun. Okay, yeah, well, they also can climb trees and pounce on you from the top. Yeah. So who's really in control here? Like, I, no, I don't know. I, I couldn't just – it's a scary thought that you would have to go out into the woods to go deer hunt and be very careful of where you're at and always looking up because you do have those mountain lions and the bobcats and stuff like that that are willing to attack you rather than where we're at, they'll run from you. Yeah, well, you've got the people, like how many videos come out every year of just like some hiker on a trail and a mountain lion following them. Like just just close enough that it's like, okay, this is, this is a little spooky. And then all of a sudden it's just like tracking you and you can't. And I think a lot of people are like, like, oh, we're going to go on this nice little hike and then I'm not going to take any weapon besides maybe a pocket knife or a can of spray. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get eaten here. You know, if I go in the woods, I don't even care if I'm hiking around here. I've got a pistol on me because, you know, 
I don't know what it's going to do to a bear. You know, if a bear was to walk out and try to mess around, then, you know, I don't want to have to do that. I do want to go on a bear hunt, but I don't really feel like taking one in the middle of summer with my daughter and dog there. But No. So, all right, if you're going to go out and hunt out west, whether it be bear, deer, whatever you're doing, everybody knows that the terrain is a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like, what are you doing to get ready for that fitness-wise? Oh, I mean, if if you've listened to the the podcast before, you you found out that me, Trav, and Truman are all gym goers. Like, you know, we're all lifters. We, I unfortunately have been getting back into cardio here lately. Um, and let me tell you, I hate running on a treadmill. It sucks. It blows my knees out. The impact to my feet kill my shins. But we're still doing it. But, uh, like, what are some of the type of the things? Because you're going to have to, you know, you're obviously going to be walking a lot. Like, what are you doing to train for that? Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, the cardio I've had to start doing. I'm, I'm helping coach and train, you know, younger kids, sports-specific style stuff. And I ran with them the other day and did a sprint for about, you know, a – 50 yards and thought I was going to die. Um, people ask like, Oh, you don't do cardio. I'm like, yeah, I'll pick weights up a little faster, but um, <laughs> in that, it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, you want me to pick something heavy up three or four times? I got you. It's like, you want me to run like how far? Okay. If you see me running that far, there's something behind me where you better start running too. But uh, no, I'm going to plug him here. It's Instagram, YouTube. He's even got a podcast elk shape. Um, this dude is incredibly jacked for his size, lean. He's he's more of a CrossFit kind of guy, but he's got a programming, and I listened to him talk about it the other day. It's an app you can get where they get you ready for like a year-round program to elk season. And he talks about like the endurance part of it, the strength in one block, and then like getting to the preseason and ramping up that cardio. If I was dead set on going out there, like – montana colorado somewhere like that and chasing these elk and stuff i would probably go towards something like that and if i didn't i would i've seen a lot of the guys and what they train for there's a dude actually in cleveland who i know a little bit and have talked to i got the privilege to duck hunt with him one time and he goes out there every year he, he goes to new mexico and he talks about his training he trains year round for him. he said like I, I think he starts in about may april or may and does just squats box step like stuff like the weighted and he'll get on a treadmill or run slash jog with a pack he's got an altitude mask on while he's doing all this because that's, that's exactly else. what i was gonna bring yeah altitude yeah mask. and that's something that would really throw me off i've never been in nothing that high like the mountains around here like they're beautiful but they're nothing like out there um it, it would definitely have to be a lot of I think if I was going to structure it, like get, and that's what that Dan guy from Elk Shapes, like you got to have a really strong posterior chain, like your lower back, your glutes, legs, core, stuff like that. Cause you're going to be carrying that heavy pack. I would definitely start doing like a lot of cardio with like a heavy pack. So like whatever pack you're going to run out there, like load it up, maybe not your exact, like even if you're just loading plates into that thing, like you're at the gym and treadmill or if you've got a big parking lot or gym that going on hikes with that pack i think the hiking part would probably be way more relevant and you know in the aspect of that because the train's going to be uneven versus just being on the treadmill cranking the you know the height of it up yeah um and i think that's where if you're gonna and i think fitness in hunting is becoming a big thing and i think people are starting to realize it and 
you kind of got to dial in like what what you're hunting and what your goals are. And I think for us, where we hunt and what we hunt, we don't have to train specifically for hunting. I think we've got the privilege to just be in a good shape and chase our fitness goals as well as hunt. Yeah. But, and as I've stated before, like if you want to see how good a shape you're in, kill a deer and try to drag it out, like you're going to find out if you're in shape or not. Um, and that's what I think a lot of, like a lot of the newer, younger hunters get, I'm going to say a little bit of a privilege because like they're going out and finding these areas that they can take a four wheeler back mm-hmm. on or a, you yeah. know, a razor back on. So all they got to do is just cut it up right there and throw it in the back of that. When I was, you know, younger and hunt, we would hunt. Like you, you, the deer ain't going to drop exactly where you want it to. It's going to run. Then you yeah. got to cut it up. And then we had to drag it. Oh yeah. You know, this year, I, this year, Jason killed his deer. We had to drag that thing out a pretty long way before the farmer seen us and he brought his tractor down into the we, field. When I was younger and like I deer hunted a lot of my dad's like that, we had a four, but you didn't park it close to your stand. You park it like 200 yards from, and you're walking in there. Yeah. And then you're dragging it relatively close to four. Like, no, we're not dragging. We're not driving the four down here in the woods and, you know, getting the sin all over it. And mm-hmm. so that, that was a part of it. And my dad has never been a fitness person. Like he's, he thinks it's cool now at the point where I've been doing this for 10 or 11, 12 years now. He's like, I, I respect it. Like, I'd love to come with you and do it. Just, I, I hate working out. And I try to get him, like, he'll go through spurts. He'll try to get back in better shape and stuff like that. But, like, he was always one of them guys, like, he's just a big dude. So, like, he had strength, and he just part of that generation of just, like, no quit in him. So, like, I'm just going to grab this thing, and I'm going to drag it. And when I get there, I'm there. Like, you know, let me catch my breath, and I'll throw it up on the back of the four-wheeler, and we'll ride back the truck, and we'll go home. But, and I hate using the term, but it's, you know, I think the age of, like redneck bubba hunting kind of thing like just the road hunting like what people don't want to don't want to be associated as like you've got these like just when people think of hunters is like the old school dude the fat guy smoking a cigarette drinking bud heavies you know (laughs) riding down the road throwing a spotlight out and shooting deer like it's you know you don't really want to be associated with that like no and i think it's i think you've got people like cam haynes and even this like this elk shaped guy's got a lot of traction which they're all out west stuff but you've even got a lot of guys um God, let me look and find his name on instagram he's a he's a personal trainer and a big bow hunter um guy I, I well it. it's not while you're looking for that i mean that's like bomar yeah bomar's freaking huge like if you see that needs traps like oh he, yeah he dude, well he was neck. a pro bodybuilder before like like when he started hunting and uh God, I, I ain't gonna be able to find the guy's name I, it'll it'll hit me like middle of the night i'll wake up like oh there it is but no <laughs> he's a he's a big dude but he goes he started like whenever elk season starts like september i think september october out there he'll take a trip to colorado every year and like he's about jill like late june july he starts completely changing his truck tra- tra- if i can talk changing his training to suit that like he goes like a lot more running like heavy pack stuff and like crazy amounts of squats and deadlifts and stuff um and i think that's where you just got to figure out like if you're one of these people like and you're gonna go on one of them a couple of those trips yeah great and then if you're just the guy in the deer stand like you need to have some cardio one especially if you're walking a long ways you're staying the just a general you know bit of physical fitness there um i got spooled last year on our duck lease we had man we were riding the ranger up unloading stuff out of it climbing in the blind 
you know, pulling the decoys out, throwing them in the range or going. And then I come back here one day and we had a spot to hunt. And it was like a 140 yard walk to the blind through like thick mud and stuff. And I'm carrying like two and a half dozen decoys on my back, my, my pack and my gun. And I'm like sucking wind halfway there. Like, this is it. Like just, I'm stripping layers off halfway there, like dying and you get spooled and I, and it makes an advantage nowadays having the equipment we have for deer hunting, even duck hunting around here and stuff like that. But you know, there's a, there's a saying like the mountain doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care if you're rich. It doesn't care if you're jacked. It doesn't care if you're poor. It doesn't care what like the mountain's going to do what the mountain wants it to do. Yeah, I think that's, that's why the these guys. Thing. That's the same thing with the weights at the gym. They don't care yeah, who you are. Yeah. And I think the correlation between that and that's where like, I think me, you, and Trey have all kind of been the same place. Like we're just a bit of gym bros, as bad as we hate to admit it. Sometimes, like we myself are, yeah. included, like it, it, sometimes it's stepping out of the comfort zone there and doing something else besides, you know, doing stuff that's going to help you in the long run. I would say just for deer hunters, even you know, duck hunters, something like that. Like just being in some bit of shape. Like before season gets here, just start doing some cardio of some sort. You know going on some hikes even if just that like just to try to get your cardio up a little bit better um for if you got to drag one out if you don't have the privilege to have a four-wheeler or something you know and i've we've got a ranger in the garage and i've usually i just walk back to my stand it's not that far and i'm like but then at the same time i'm like man if i kill one it'd be nice just to walk back at that ranger to come get this deer but yeah um i mean i think i think that i would try to change up my training because i know I know I can speak for me, you, and True. When we go to the gym, it's heavy lifting. Yeah, we it's gains heavy. o'clock, man. It's yeah. <laughs> all right, gains. That's all we're looking for is gains. Yeah. Like, and I know that well, I go in. That my problem is when I go into the gym, I, I'm like, even though I'm just starting back up into it, I'm probably about two months into it. I'd say now we're back into it, but I was heavy into it. What last winter when me and you were talking about it all the time? Yeah. Dude, I was heavy into. I was lifting so heavy. I mean, I took a pretty big break, but um, now my fiance gets mad at me whenever I rack six plates on a <laughs> leg press, and she's like, "You're gonna hurt yourself." And I'm like, "I know what I'm doing," you know. But I think I'm I gonna would... go, I'm gonna go ahead and ride you and call you out and throw you under the bus since nobody else is here to do it or anything else. Like, stop with the leg press, man. Just load the bar up on the squat rack. You're gonna have a lot better carryover on all muscles there. I'm gonna. I, but I like the leg press though, man. You no, don't get, I'll do it too, some. But them, them, when you can place your feet at different areas to hit yeah. different mu- muscles, you can put up high and hit your, you know, put your feet high, hit your thighs, mm-hmm. hit your hamstrings. Low, oh no, I'm not quads. anti it. I just like my biggest thing. Like the past few years, like we touched on this, like before showing in the past stuff, like different training, and like I've been doing this 10, 11, almost twelve years now pretty religiously not missing more than a couple days in that time span you know and life happens but you know i've went through it was the whole like just little gym bro thing to like dead set into bodybuilding thinking i'm gonna be like the next you know josh bomar ronnie coleman kind of deal and then figuring out like i'm a long lanky white guy from east tennessee who's been skinny his whole life like i have to eat twice what anyone else does just to hold weight on so then you like 
you know, friends in powerlifting. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get into powerlifting. And I've been on that pretty heavy for a while. I, I tried CrossFit for a minute. The utmost respect for CrossFit, but it is not for me. I see. I think CrossFit yeah. would be the best type of workout for you, like that circuit style type yes. of workout, if yes. you're gonna be going out hunting like that. And that's because- mainly what a lot of those guys do. You've got people like Cam Haynes, who's just who's just a freak. Like the dude, the dude runs a marathon every day. And goes in the gym and does the whole clang and bang bro lifts. And, you know, I think if you're into lifting, like everybody loves a good pump lift. But I've tried transition here now where I'm trying to, I kind of hit a point where like I'm almost 30 years old. And like I'm already getting like aches and pains that like really in the grand scheme of things I shouldn't have because of just my style of lifting for so long. And it's like, okay, I've got to do some stuff to like actually have some fitness here and like my biggest thing was i neglected lower body the majority of the first quite a few years that i trained you know because it was the main gym bro thing it's like why would you do legs do arms or chest again bro and it's like man you look back at sports related it's like you you can't build a house without a foundation nope and that's why that's why i was saying stuff about squats man like you, you you build those up like a squat is a full body lift and that's why a lot of these guys are so keen on them and I see a lot of dudes, and I've put them in a lot, is front squats. And whether you're holding it in a front rack position like you would a clean or press or something, or you're crossing them up, like that's putting, you're building core, you're building legs, you're doing it all there. And, but I mean, that's definitely something that I would just think about, like, if you're definitely going out on an out west hunt, like you've got to be in shape. Do not like anybody listen. Don't just be like, I'm gonna go kill an elk. Like I'm gonna, I'm in a bow hunt in a couple of years now. I'm gonna book me a trip. You know, especially if you're going out there on public land to like camp and stuff. Like you need to train. Like I would dedicate some serious amount of time. I would say probably no later than like, <clears throat> excuse me like june july like i would really start hammering at that point i know that's hard for people because that's summertime and you've got everyone's got obligations in the summertime and you know i'm not going to get on diets and everything else like i'm literally wearing a shirt right now that says nobody cares about your stupid diet but um (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm on keto yeah don't be on keto going out west hunting it's not going to work out well for you um excuse me i need a drink but yeah um just i would try doing that like don't go out there and expect to be able to hike up and down these mountains and be fine like oh well, i'm young i'm in good shape like that that's great like you can pull a deer out of the woods like when you're packing out an elk on your back with gear your bow or if you've got a gun and everything else like you're a few miles in man that's different than dragging a deer four or five hundred yards i mean they're you know and i think most people have have got that sense there's enough people out there on the internet now telling you that and that's where i kind of went with like i think that fitness and hunting in all regards has kind of become a thing and i know in duck hunting it's a lot different because there's a lot of dudes that i follow that hunt religiously but they they're so dead set on hunting that they let their fitness fall by the wayside during duck hunting and like with duck hunting and deer hunting, a little bit like you're it's more like a social thing like if you're eating breakfast in the blind like if you're in these bigger places like cooking breakfast like you're eating like bacon and sausage like with like a pound of lard in there with it you know and just like it's not that healthy it's that good hearty food you know and then or you've got your buddy over here brought two boxes of little debbies and you stopped at the store this morning and got two monsters a cup of coffee and you know a ho-ho or a gas station biscuit like oh they're great but you know you're, you're letting that fitness slide during hunting season i don't care who you are 
you know, it's going to happen because you're more focused on chasing the game than yeah. you are. And I know, speaking on the nutrition part of it, like these guys that go out there and hunt, like if you're on some specific diet, trying to dial it in and stuff like that, that's going out the window when you're on that mountain. The amount of energy you burn, like the Dan guy I was talking on Elk Shape there, he's like, he's a relatively shorter, smaller stature guy. Like I think he drops like 25 pounds in like a few weeks just solid hunting and he was eating like everything he could get his hands on like just carbs just everything and it just you, the weight is just coming off of by the amount of just energy you're expending out there i, I look at it more like a safety standpoint too man you yeah. get out there you don't want to be you don't want to overexhaust your body you know coming from a, a kid whose dad who passed away from heart disease mm-hmm. um <clears throat> man uh just going out there, like you don't want to put that much pressure on your joints on your bones on your heart mm-hmm. on your lungs because yeah. like and the only thing that's popping in my head while we're sitting here talking about it is like all those people that sit there and watch um like america ninja warrior mm-hmm. and they look at it and they're like oh yeah i could do that no you couldn't no no you couldn't if you hadn't been to the gym in i'm gonna say uh, six months and even if you have been to the gym in six months if you haven't been going every day for six months and pushing yourself to the max I would love to see you do a Ninja Warrior course dude I, I, it's this blows my mind like I have people a lot of people figured out now about me like I was young I was one of the youngest guys at my company for a while but they're like oh you go to the gym this and that you should be able to pick the, oh well there's your workout for the day and it's like man like shut up and then you got people like why why do you go to the gym why do you do like what's it helping you <coughs> excuse me but it's like man I, like yes sometimes like when you're in power lifting like let's be real you're not doing that for health like it's not the healthiest sport in the world no and uh neither is technically bodybuilding if you get serious into it but like just general like a fitness program stuff like that yeah it's it's helping you with life like you've got strength to do stuff you've got a little bit of cardio and stuff and that's like i said why i'm trying to get back into cardio is like I feel like I'm getting old and I'm like, I've got a five-year-old daughter. Like, daddy, run with me in the yard. And you run a couple laps and you're like, hold on, kid. Like, dad's got his hands over his head sucking air right now. Somebody get me an oxygen tank, you know? But Yeah, I won a fitness challenge at work the uh, last spring or whatever. I I, I did it just because I was so far into my pride. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to show them the guy from Tennessee's. Mr. You know, I'm, I'm Mr. Badass, and um, but I wasn't. I, I figured that out real quick. Uh, but, yeah, I ended up winning, and every time after I won, if I went on a project job or something like that, everybody would be like, well, you won the fitness challenge. Have, have him pick it up. Or, oh, oh he's, yeah. he's Mr. Fit. Like, no, I'm – just because it I won the fitness me. challenge doesn't mean I can pick up a 3,000-pound RTU unit. I do HVAC, by the way. I, do, I can't pick up a big rooftop unit. And yeah, put it on my back and take it up the ladder. Well, man, there's that's what before I was young, you know, I started there when I was tw- right, just turned 22, working out like could tell I worked out, but not near like the size I am now, which I'm not very big now either. Not to toot my own horn there, but anybody, yeah, listen, but like, whatever. <laughs> so, like, they would be like, Oh, those are just you know, balloon muscles, it's SpongeBob over here, he blows them up before he comes in. And then, you know, recently, my foreman would be like, Hey, uh, we got one of these giant. So I mean, the water company in like meter lids, like these things weigh like probably over a hundred pounds. Yeah. Can you pick that up there? Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm getting old. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll get it. Don't worry about it. Like old man, like 
So then it's like, oh, let's let's let muscles here get it. And it's 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 a double-edged sword. But you know, I'm lucky enough, and I think we all are lucky if you still have our youth and our strength and fitness here to help us. But anyway, not to make this a full fitness show here. Um, <laughs> what do we got next here? Oh man, um, that was. Uh, let's see here. We got when you when you know when you're out there doing your postseason stuff and you know, I was reading some good things that you know making trails for them to walk easily like walk easier from mm-hmm. field to field to, to sources and stuff because I mean if you're trying to think like a deer would you want to be ducking around branches and stuff like that and getting pricked by stickers and stuff or she doesn't bother them because their skin's so yeah. freaking thick but you know you're giving them a trail and then they start traveling and you're like yeah okay and that kind of leads into another point where like funnel points because like I was going to ask you this question too. I didn't want to ask you on the pre-show. Have you ever been sitting in a stand and you look and you're like, man, it would be awesome if a stomper just walked right down this wood line, took a left, come right down this little trail right here. Because I can tell you right now, I've had that, like I've looked around and this is like the dream. If a stomper, I don't care if he could walk right down straight to me and I would not be, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be as happy if he just walked right across the field, right through the corn, right to me, and stopped underneath my stand because I wanted to see him come down that tree line, walk down the tree line, make a left, come right to me through, and give me a broadside shot. I mean, he could have walked up and sat in the stand with me, and I would be like, dude, you didn't do what I wanted. Yeah, and it's well, and you talk on trim and stuff. I wouldn't do it yet. I would no. wait till maybe in the summer, like mid later summer, when you figure it out. And I think if you can find that trail, these deer are traveling, and maybe wide some fast up there. I think definitely before season, like early bow season stuff like that, definitely go in there and clear something for yourself because it, there's nothing worse than you walking through there in the dark. Where the, you know I'm using a headlamp. I don't care. You can say mm-hmm. whatever, um, but. You know, walking through there, dead set, looking down, making sure you're not stepping something, and then a tree then smacks you in the face first thing in the morning, you know, cut your eye. You're, you're just mad at that point. And it never fails. If that happens, you're going to walk into five spider webs and another tree that hits you before you ever get to the tree. Yep. At least it does me, you know. Um, so I see that when, um, man, I don't know, like, I don't know about the clearing around the stand, if that's what you're alluding to and stuff like that. Maybe some and this is where I'd like to have somebody in different parts like the country and stuff like where they hunt and everything like they hunt fields and stuff like that but um, the where I'm hunting majority of this last year it was pretty open the areas we were at like there was trees and stuff and a little food plot but I hunted a little bit thicker stand one day in the ground blind it was a little thicker and I'm looking around like I wish I had a, a better shooting lane through here mm-hmm. see I, you said clearing around the tree and stuff like that I know I believe I, I, Evan, I think this happened to Evan. He was pulling his bow up, and if you if you climber stand guy, then you know that you got to put a you know string on the end of your stand, yeah. and put your bow in your backpack all the way on the ground, pull it back up. His bow got stuck, and he ripped it real hard, popped the string right off of it. So right, getting into the stand, so he was already out. He was out like he there was no he was done. Yeah. Come to find out, he was. Whenever he took his bow, or not, I could have stories mixed up here, but he ended up finding out later on his limb was cracked. Had to get new limbs put oh, on his okay. bow. 
Well, you so, talked about that, and that's something I think you should touch on. We talk about like off season stuff and keeping your gear in check. And I've talked about doing different. I, I'm going with a different quiver set. Like the guy I bought mine from talked about it happening. Like he, there's a little you put it in there, slide a little piece, and it's hooked on there, good to go. Like he talked about like pulling it up in a stand, almost up to him, and then the quiver falls off. Mm-hmm. Got to climb all the way back down, get the quiver, everything. And he had just told me this, and I'm like, yeah, well, it ain't had to me yet. I'm climbing up there, pulling the thing up, and then, bam, quiver falls. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, climb back down. You're you're making all this racket right before shooting on it unnecessarily. You're just, you're mad and trying to be quiet. So you're making even more racket trying to be quiet, or at least I feel that way. Um, yeah. So that, that goes into, you know, I guess, keeping your gear in check in the off season. We've touched on that a million times, I feel like, but. I, every time I shoot my bow, whenever I put it away, I look at mm-hmm. the limbs, make sure nothing happened. You know, I always inspect my bow. I always like, I don't want to make sure no cracks or anything's broken like on my sight or I just I, my, yeah. I, I always keep my strings waxed like I just I want that bow to be in pristine condition because it's because I, I take very much like I take a lot of pride in my equipment you know I don't have top-notch stuff but I still take pride in it because it's mine mm-hmm. you know yeah. so um like I said, every time I every time I shoot my bow, I always look at my arrows. I definitely look at my arrows before I shoot them. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't want to be shooting and you know an arrow be cracked, and when I release, all that pressure gets exerted into the arrow. It blows up and then it blows my bow up. Well, man, there was a guy. I heard the story. I don't remember. It's been a few months ago. I don't remember exactly what happened. He had been practice shooting a lot. And had had a close group and like two arrows like rubbed each other or something like that happened. Didn't inspect them, put the broadheads on, whatever. Goes out to hunt and he hits the deer and the arrow like exploded when it hit the deer. Found the deer, luckily he killed it. It wasn't a good shot placement. Like the arrow flew funny, hit the deer, bad shot placement. Luckily it died, you know, for his sake. But like the arrow was just destroyed. And it was kind of one of those, I don't remember exactly what happened, but just kind of freak accident things. But he even said like, I didn't check my arrows. He knew like it had happened, but don't know how necessarily it happened. And that's all you need to inspect your arrows when you're, before you're shooting, like you said, for sure. Yeah. Let's cover one more thing, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, off-season mistake, and that's the, one of the biggest off-season mistakes that I find, and especially new hunters, as I'm watching stories and reading articles and stuff, that people just think because they were deer last year in this field or in this one little area, they're going to be there whenever hunting season comes around. Mm-hmm. That's not it at all. You may get lucky keeping the deer in there and keeping them fed, keeping them not pressured and, you know, making sure nobody's in there and then predator control, but you're not mm-hmm. going to keep that deer in there. No. All the way to all the like, season's over with. No. And it's, and I think one of the worst things is throughout the year, like if you see deer somewhere now, if you see deer somewhere midsummer, if you're getting later in the summer, then yeah, I think that's a good indication. But like, and these things spread out like we they travel like they're going to have an area they stay in of course unless they're pressured out of course but i don't know, it goes into like if you're managing land then and you've patterned the deer then yes like then if you're putting the homework in then you know where they're going throughout the time and like like you touched on like if you're if you if you're planting for them if you got big food plots if you're running or if you're hunting farms 
like especially like west of here maybe up there by y'all like lots of corn farms something like that like you're you're gonna know where these deer are going especially if you're if you're studying them but don't be like and i think everybody's been you know felt guilty to it a few times be like well i've hunted this stand in this area the past few few years i've seen deer i'm gonna go in there and it's just being ill-prepared, really. And I think everybody falls victim to it, to being, you know, getting busy with their schedule and be like, man, I ain't, I ain't had cameras in here. I ain't had time to do this. Uh, I'm, I've only got time to hunt Saturday morning. I'm just going to go somewhere where I know there's going to be something. You don't see anything and you're, you're ill at yourself because you know you haven't put in the time that needs to be put in. Yeah, if you're, if you're not prepared to go in and do it, it means necessary to get the yeah. job done for you to come out and be successful. And don't be mad at the end of the year whenever you don't come up with anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this past season, I didn't really put the effort in in the off season because I didn't have any spots. Mm-hmm. And then right when season started, I was like, "Well, I've got these spots now, but I didn't prepare." That's why I'm not too ill about not killing anything. But still, yeah. I had opportunities to kill, but I just didn't take them. Yeah. But I think that's gonna wrap us up for episode nine. What do you say, Trav? Sounds good to me, dog. Well, before we go, let me go ahead and read this daily refresher from the Bible app. It says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's Romans twelve twenty one. I think that's gonna hit home with a lot of things. So this week I just pray that everybody has a great solid week. You start your week off on the right foot, wake up on the right side of the bed with a good cup of coffee waiting on you um and i just hope that uh you keep your head down focused on the lord and you know you continue to pray because you know you got to have something that you're praying to and and i'm gonna tell you what garth brooks said it best some of the god's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers for sure so you know just uh stay focused on the lord this this week and uh continue to pray for those in need and reach out and do something good for somebody um, you know, pay for somebody's coffee, pay for somebody's breakfast, or take somebody out to breakfast, or just tell somebody you're praying for them. That's just all be kind, man. Just just yeah. be kind. You don't know what these people are going through. Everybody's got their own struggles out there. Maybe mm-hmm. just a smile and a, a head nod to somebody in the grocery store or gas station, man. It, it, it might mean a lot to that person. That person could be going home to do something that they shouldn't be doing, and you yeah. smiling at them could change their whole day. And then yep. they tell somebody they're praying for them or they change their life. And it, it's it's like a yawn. It's contagious. For sure. So, but yeah, Romans, uh, Roman 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So that's going to wrap us up for week nine of the Rack Chat Podcast. Hopefully we'll have Truman on here next week. He's out working. So we're going to pray for him because he's working nights and he's away from home from baby girl and from, and uh, his beautiful girlfriend. So, you know what? We're going to wrap this up. I guess we'll see you back next week. Peace. Peace.